Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by financial ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello and welcome to the China Shop. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me as always is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How you doing today, Kyle? Doing good. Ready to get this thing on the road? Start the show already. Let's get on with it. Right? Oh, yeah. Big, big week. Crazy week. Still, the market's still messing with my head. I don't know about yours. <laughs> I think I've finally got my expectations reset, or at least close enough to start making moves again. I had been doing more paper trading type stuff lately, trying to get over that expectation of stocks just double in a couple days, right? That's just yeah, how yeah. it works. That's, that's, that sounds no, reasonable. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Come on into the shop today with us, folks. Sit back, relax, hedge against the rage machine. We'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. If it's your first time here, just like to let you know that we're all here smashing around the China shop, sharing our ever-growing strategies for trying to maximize gains and cut your losses. And uh, I think today we've got a really lovely, romantic, tingling show for you. Oh yeah, it is Valentine's Day, isn't it? It Tomorrow. <laughs> is coming right up. Valentine's Day. What do, you buy, what do you get the stock you love? More shares, of course. My question is, does it love me or love me not? Lately, not. <laughs> Let's see. Virgin Galactic, do you love me? Let me count the dollars. <laughs> yeah, we got lots of market-moving news. Plenty of stocks on the radar and more options than a werewolf on Jupiter. It, it, what? Too, 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 too sciency? Too sciency. Is that a movie I missed? No, no. Uh, Jupiter's got like fifty some moons. So if you're a werewolf on Jupiter, uh, oh, all right. <laughs> uh, okay, too sciency. How about more contemporary? We have we've got a lot of European listeners now. How about uh, more options than German war fronts? <laughs> 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 yes, yes. All right, well, all right. We'll go with that one. And folks. We love it when you reach out to us. We just adore your messages, comments on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Discord, wherever you can find us. Uh, if you're old school, just send an email to twobulls at financialineptitude.com. Or you can give us a phone call, 725-22-BULLS. We listen to the messages. Uh, we answer your questions here on the show. Uh, hit us up. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you need a hot stock tip. Maybe uh, you just want to tell us about your weird toe fungus. I don't care. Reach out. We, it doesn't matter. We just, we just love you and we love hearing from you. Maybe you want to console me. <laughs> Maybe you want to console Kyle. <laughs> I, I would take some of that. <laughs> well, speaking of reasons to console you, Kyle, I believe uh, we're right up here on uh, going over the bet results. I guess I get to go first again. Again. Um, all right. So if you remember, I was taking, uh, I was making an earnings play into a space bet. So I took take two, uh, closed on Monday, right before they released their earnings at 213.34. Kyle, you know that that was a paper trade. That, that wasn't your bet. Come on now. Uh, really? Okay. Uh, how about you? I'm sending you the, the audio file. Why don't you listen to it for yourself? Go into your email. 
Okay, all right, all right. Oh, I do. I <clears throat> the file is titled Raw Unedited Bet Audio. So, you know, that that seems kosher. <laughs> Let's take a I listen to that. I want to throw this that. on record cuz uh, you remember the convoluted plan I had mm-hmm, with Logitech mm-hmm. reported their earnings. I was contemplating yep. the same thing with Take 2. I was going to sell it short. <laughs> uh, at, on Monday uh, just at close uh, Take 2. <laughs> buying it back the next morning and then moving it into space. Oh, uh, I'm gonna do that, but uh, that's that's what I, I contemplated it. Uh, I don't want to make it too complicated because I have to go back through and try to figure this all out on paper. But but if it works, I want to be able to say, look how smart I am. And if it doesn't work, then I can say, look, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So that yeah, seems seems legit. Obvious. That's what I did, right? <laughs> Uh, Who am I to argue with <laughs> with the record? I mean, it's right there. <laughs> I think oh. maybe somebody's uh, uh, regretting giving some editing lessons to, to this guy over here. Yeah, who taught you how to edit? <laughs> <laughs> All right, for real, for real. Uh, space uh, open Monday, 5599, uh, closed at 5453. So my Oof. total went from 450.47 down to 438.72. And it's infuriating because uh, it jumped up to almost 60 after they reported yes. that their flight window is opening up this weekend, which is. Oh, yes. You know what i was excited about that's what i've been waiting for so it looked like they were going to be flying on saturday today and then uh friday morning they came out and said no we need more time we're not going to fly this weekend and the stock <sighs> promptly fell again it did i and i was sweating it too because i was watching i had that on my watch list and i was like damn oh he's gonna catch up this this thing's just gonna uh but no here we are if i would have actually made that uh that play with with take two that i talked about there i would have made mm-hmm. uh, added another five percent so i mean I still would have been sitting at about 450, I think. So it didn't really make much difference. How did you do? Oh, oh, yeah. I, I picked Maine, uh, the financial capital company. They don't have a ton of volume. Uh, so I started to sweat at the beginning of the week as it, as it drifted down. It, it opened at 3355, was drifting down, but it did turn around in the middle of the week and ended up at 3444 for a modest uh, few percentage point gains. But it does bring my. Gr- Total up to uh, last week, I was at uh, five, $562.80. Now I'm at $577.73. Have we, has anyone broken uh, $600 this, uh, since we started this bet? I, I thought you did in December. That included a side bet, though, didn't it? Oh, it did. It did. It did. Okay. Yeah, you might you might be the first to break six hundred uh, with no side bets in a month. Our random was on pace to do the same, but uh, it didn't fare quite so well this week. Uh, it was Kirk K I R K uh, opened at twenty eight thirty five, finished on Friday at twenty five eighty nine. So its previous total of five eighty three and eighteen cents is now down to five thirty two fifty eight. It's still beating me by almost a hundred bucks, but uh, is, it gave me a window to try to get back into it. I just flubbed it. I, I'm I'm just happy that it fell below where I'm at. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and and I would like to point out, I did look at the momentum of that stock, and I managed to call it last Friday you when did. we looked at it. I said, "No, we don't need to worry. That's about to deflate. That feels good. Uh, that honestly, did to you? me, that feels as good as making a successful trade. Looking at a stock, looking at its chart, yeah. saying." This is the direction it's going. Uh, if only I was as accurate <laughs> with my own traits. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, okay. So stay tuned to the end of the episode, folks. We got another fun bet going on, and we'll uh, we'll go over that. But before then, I think it's time to get on uh, some news. Let's do it. Well, it's all for the money. Tune to the show. Need a good story, so my margin grows. I want you. Listen to all our news. You might learn some things with the China Shop Market News. So I want to just start this off by kind of going over the, well, I guess we already talked about the space thing. A little bit. I guess what we can say is, okay, so they pushed back the test flight. They haven't announced necessarily when it's going to be next, but they have windows all throughout February. So this flight is going to be coming soon. Uh, They just don't really know yet. I'm hoping that it happens next week, but um, I'm not sure if I want to just hold space until the end of the month because that feels like, I don't know, just lame. 
Hey, <laughs> listen, listen. We, we've been through this before. We know how this story turns out. They sink mm -hmm. based on this news, and then they go right back to going up because they are this company developing this fantastic space uh, operation that they have going on. Yes. The, the other thing that kind of hurt space, too, that I uh, didn't mention uh, when we were talking about the bet was that they actually got downgraded, too, from, I think, from overweight to hold. Mm. With, uh, what was it? A, they bumped their price target up. God, what was it? I think they moved it up to about 52 or 55, but they, they also reduced its overweight rating so that was an i mean just had too many things going against it for me last week but that also means i think now's a good time to buy some more yes yeah, that's what i'm saying is is buy that dip what, what do you got for news so i think the news story that uh, i'm most emotionally connected to is uh, the the big tilray event this week uh tilray had some short interest and was getting some reddit buzz so, of course, the news articles all say it's giant squeeze upward was was retail related. I don't know that I agree with that. I think people are keying in on what retail's talking about. There's a lot of programs now that are kind of combing through Wall Street bets. But I still think it's the major players that are moving these stocks up and down. Tilray saw at the beginning of the week just in incredible gains. I think, I think it was like around 20 or 30. It, it shoot, shot up, just shot up near 100. I don't remember the exact numbers because I wasn't actually trading Tilray. I was trading MJ, the ETF that has some Tilray holdings. Yeah. It, yeah. We, so we saw this huge jump up and this huge fall down. And I was expecting the fall to be on Friday and not on Thursday pre-market. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a big newsworthy event. And like, yeah, like you said, like the news articles are all like, oh, it's the retail. But I think it's institutional money playing on what retail's talking about. I, I agree with you. Well, then the news stories just only add to it and they just create frenzies from people who see that. I actually get um, an email update from Quiver Quantitative, a website uh, that we we found a while back. Mm -hmm. They have a, a bot, an AI bot that searches through Wall Street bets and then compiles stock mentions. I think I remember seeing that. Yeah, I've been getting an email that tells me every day the top 10 stocks that are mentioned, how many mentions, and whether it's more or less mentions from the, the, the day or the week before. Mm -hmm. That's been pretty fun. The pot industry is one legislation announcement away from just skyrocketing. Oh, that, that is true. Yeah. That is true. We'll see if we, see if we can get there. I thought there was some mentions, uh, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, about people trying, or them trying to bring that up to the Senate to vote on it, or there was plans. I thought one senator had mentioned that they were trying to, to bring that discussion back up in, the, in Congress. Uh, I don't remember the senator's name. I, I saw, that, saw an article about that, too. But it's, there's so much going on in Congress, and, mm -hmm. and they're, they're notoriously slow. Oh, yeah. I, I honestly, I'll be, I'll be surprised if we get there before the summer. I think, I think it might, it's going to take till like the summer or the fall before they get around to something like that. I think we need to check that quiver quantity. We need to check on there because that shows you what all the congressmen are doing. We need to see if they started opening up positions in marijuana too. Yeah. All right. We're, we're definitely going to have to put a link to quiver quantitative at the end of this episode. Yes. I'm going to make a the, note right here. Put it in the description. Because they do have some good data like that. They, not only are they like crawling through Reddit for, for stock mentions, but they'll, they'll tell you what uh senators and congressmen are trading yep <laughs> so yeah we see a bunch of senators moving in on marijuana we know it's happening <laughs> yeah no shit <laughs> what other stories do you have for us kyle uh iivi one of our uh pick'em stocks just popped up in the news friday afternoon uh stock was doing really well lately it'd been running up to almost a hundred dollars a share uh then it dipped down below 90 on this news that it uh submitted a bid to acquire coherent uh Basically at two hundred and sixty dollars a share, which is about a twenty four percent premium over top of the uh, the implied value of this company, and uh, ten percent over the the best offer that they're getting from MKS Instruments. So it's kind of interesting. So it looks like this company Coherent had a couple different offers from two other companies, and then IIVI just kind of came out of nowhere and threw another one in uh, over top, basically outbidding everybody else. But the mm. as we see when a company overpays for another one. To try to acquire it uh, you know because mm -hmm. they're using their stock price as currency obviously it's going to affect their price so iivi has dropped down below 90 now no real word yet on whether this bid is being accepted or i don't even know if it's even been considered yet but i don't know interesting uh it could be a buy opportunity here if that company doesn't get bought i'm not sure what or if you know if they don't agree to the actual merger or acquisition terms 
I don't know what happens to the share price. Does it immediately shoot back up again? I mean, you think it should. <laughs> you would think. But as we all know, the market's a, a fickle thing. People may be upset that the <laughs> the move that they were not happy to pay a premium for didn't happen and sell even more shares. So who knows what it does. Uh, one of the neat things, though, about this uh, prospective merger is that it looks like there's not a whole lot of overlap between the, uh, the two companies' businesses. So that should make it better as far as how to, how to word that without the overlap there, there won't be as much redundancy so they won't have to streamline or, or uh, what's the word for making it efficient basically they're they're expanding the scope of their business not their market base right they're not acquiring a competitor necessarily they're they're basically opening up new markets for themselves that's usually a good move mm-hmm. and honestly all of the stocks we've been watching where we've seen an acquisition announced there's been a drop uh and that drop has just been a good buying opportunity my bet on salesforce is kind of the following that uh timeline mm-hmm. get it after it drops from the acquisition news and then try to hold it and take advantage of when it inevitably realizes the benefits of that pairing i came across a, f- a fun interesting article you know uh we're we're real big on electric vehicles here in the china shop and it seems uh warren buffett has made another ev move uh, this is his second big move that I, I can find on record. Berkshire Hathaway, one of their units, uh, Forest River, uh, announced that uh, they're they're buying a bunch of buses from Green Power Motor, uh, like 150 huh. cabs and chassis they're going to use in new all-electric offerings sold by Forest River. Forest River being the, the subsidiary of Berkshire Hathaway. Okay, so they're not developing anything; they're just buying and outfitting. Yeah, their 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 company is is buying a whole bunch of electric buses from Green Power, and I guess they're going to deliver them uh, next year. Uh, which, of course, pushed uh, Green River stock up uh, a little bit. I bet. What was the Buffett's other uh, investment? Because he had another uh, startup, EV startup, that he was invested in. The automaker BYD. It's a Chinese battery EV company. That Berkshire owns 21% of. BYD, that was the one. BYD, yeah. Actually, BYD is Boyd Gaming Corporation. What's the actual ticker? <laughs> I don't know, because it's on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. That's why I remember it, because it was uh, one of the competitors to NEO. Like, is getting all this news, yep. but Warren Buffett's uh, similar deal is not getting any love, really. All right, well, speaking of uh, EVs, uh, did you see Tesla adding uh, $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's some big news. And apparently, they're going to start letting people buy a Tesla with their Bitcoin now. Which is brilliant on their part. I mean, how many people do you see in those, uh, you know, uh, Reddit forums saying that they're buying Tesla with their Bitcoin? Yeah, I even joked about it on the show, if you recall. I I joked, yeah, you could buy a Tesla with one Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, maybe maybe Elon's listening to the show. Hi, hi, Mr. Musk. We love you. Give us a shout out. <laughs> That's been driving the price of Bitcoin right back up. You remember, it took a bit of a hit for a while there. Today, as we are talking, Bitcoin is at $46,964. Yep. So, yep, definitely came right back. It dipped down to about 30000 Yeah, 30417 was its low on January 27th. Uh, I believe we were talking about it. There was some supposition that people were, were spending the same Bitcoin twice. That was not true. Also, by the way, make sure we put that out there. It was not true. And and yeah, so we've seen, oh, that's a that's a 50% gain in, in a couple of weeks. So Bitcoin yeah. is just, oh, it's on fire right now. Tesla being one of the first ones here, but it sounds like a lot of other companies are, are looking to make purchases. I think Apple was even announcing that they were going to make a purchase too. The more of these institutions that get involved in Bitcoin, uh, the less the, uh, the less likely those 85% drops that you know it used to be susceptible to. Volatility uh, goes go down. Away. Yeah, but I think that uh, it actually kind of leads us into this week's poll question, and I'll get posted on Twitter after this episode goes live, but I'd like to ask the uh, the listeners out there, which cryptocurrency do you think has the brightest future? Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, Dogecoin, the one that Musk seems to really like also. Uh, there's also the one that you like, uh, Chia, that's coming out soon. Chia, I think yeah. we mentioned in our... Uh, our guest Sean turned yeah. us on to that. Let's vote on that, and we'll, we'll talk about those results next week. We'll let you know. You had some other GameStop news that maybe you want to go over before we before we wrap up with that. I'm sure everybody's aware. Uh, they yeah, they're doing big investigations. They're 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 issuing subpoenas to some of these Reddit folk, like uh, Deep Fucking Value. They're gonna they're gonna have big hearings, and I'm sure they'll have cameras, and we'll hear all about them. They're gonna try and get to the bottom of if anybody did anything illegal. 
during the whole debacle. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But I don't want to spend too much time talking about that. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to. I'm trying to emotionally get closure and move on, you know. Yeah, so tomorrow we gotta, we'll probably be talking about it a lot more when we do our guest interview tomorrow with George Papazov. But yeah, we won't spend yeah. too much time on it today, but we will wrap up here this segment with uh, the Twitter poll, the results. Uh, we asked uh, last week if, anybody, if everyone thought Robinhood could recover from the way they imposed their restrictions. 63% of the responders said no, the IPO is done. And then uh, people were split 50-50, uh, whether yes, people forget or unsure. So yeah, a large percent of people are unhappy with Robinhood, as we already knew. Right, as we well knew. All right, let's, let's move on to some stocks. Just put those stock tickers on the list. Go through the charts so nothing gets missed. Today's trades, they could all turn to gold. I'm playing stocks till I'm out of the hole. Yeah, get those stock tickers on the list. Check the charts so nothing gets missed, Kyle. <laughs> uh, I, understand, I understand you made a lot of moves in stocks this week. No. Uh, I made zero stock moves. I, I made one options trade, and we'll talk about uh, when we get to that segment, but yeah, I did most of my stuff on paper again, trying to, to pick and choose my spots, making sure that I still have, you know, what it takes. <laughs> the Midas touch? Yes. And uh, I made a couple of uh, good uh, calls uh, on paper. Didn't take advantage of them, you know, with any cash, but that's part of that mm. was by design. I had to I had to do something to regain my confidence, as as everyone knows, uh, listening. Yeah. it's It's been at an all-time low the last couple of weeks slowly recovering but uh the prediction i made with uh take two was was really ha- uh, good for me to see i was glad to see that i made the right call there selling short on that right before their earnings were released was absolutely the right move uh and then uh sono was another one i was watching that's one i had singled out uh I'd made a play with them the last earnings call they had and my belief in them was rewarded again uh, i do actually have mm-hmm. a position still in sono so i was happy that i didn't sell it but I did not add to it. But both of those uh, definitely boosted my confidence. I got some stuff on the radar that I want to talk about, but I'll let you go first, and then I'll use that uh, segue into uh, earnings. So my long positions that I talked about uh, moving into, I, I, of course, had MJ, which is still up, although it was a roller coaster. And part of me was was looking at it thinking, this is going to dip. I think I even, I even sent you a message at one point and was like, I'm going to move out of MJ on a try and hit the peak and then and short them. Mm-hmm. But I didn't because I thought that was happening Friday and it happened pre-market Thursday. So I, I got caught unprepared. I, I bought my MJ. Uh, I bought back into MJ at 2350 and... Uh, Saw it, you know, go push 30 and then drop back down. Now it's around 25. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's still up, you know, but that's a long position. And, and uh, uh, I really shouldn't be trying to play moving out and shorting it. I'm trying to keep my long positions with that dragon D&D mentality of like, this is my hoard. I'm not letting any shares go. I'm only going to acquire new shares. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm trying to keep 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 that theory going. The only thing I moved out of long term was TQQQ, which was was up for the week. I moved out of it because I, uh, I'm playing with some new uh, stock screeners, and I didn't want to sell my options to free up the cash to do it. So I thought the the Nasdaq. I, I've been watching it for about six months now, every day. I'm watching longer than that, but like looking at it, watching it every trading day for about six months, it usually has some pullback after a good solid run. Mm. So I moved out of that to move into a few new companies. Longtime listeners will know I, I try to run a, a, a list every day of companies that hit new 52 week highs, right? And keep track of like consecutive highs. And, and I've gotten a few good finds out of there, like, uh, like Neo, I didn't come across Neo because I was on Reddit or I was reading about it. No, I literally, I was running these lists and was like, look at this stock. It keeps hitting new highs. Mm. We've found a, um, quite a few on that. I have, I have. And I've been really kicking myself because I haven't had the wherewithal to, to keep up on the list the last few weeks. I've been running them and like looking at them, but I haven't been keeping track of consecutive ones. So, you know, I'm feeling pretty guilty about that. But I'm in the process of programming a Python script to do it for me. So... It'll be back. So anyway, I moved out of one of my long-term positions because I did run a new stock screener. Started running a screener of, so I want it to hit a new 52-week high. Mm-hmm. And then I want to see the MACD cross, which is, is something I rediscovered. I had watched this seminar years ago, and then it popped into my head the last couple of weeks. Like, hey, remember that guy talking about a MACD cross was a buy and sell signal? Because, you know, I, my problem is timing. My problem is timing. <laughs> I, I'm very bad with the timing. I can make the call. 
I can make the call and say, well, this is what's going to happen, but uh, yeah, I don't get the timing right. So I'm looking for something to help me with that. And I was like, oh my goodness, the MACD cross. The MACD is a, an indicator that keeps track of where the price was today, 25 days ago, and nine days ago. And it creates this, this little, uh, this graph of two lines, uh, you know, so you've got your 25 day moving average and your nine day moving average, right? Right. And uh, when the two lines cross, I believe it's when the nine uh, day crosses the 25 day upwards, uh, they consider it a buy signal. And when it crosses it downwards, it's a sell signal. And looking at the stocks I've been looking at, uh, I pulled that up and I was like, wow, no, that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Most of the time when I'm seeing that happen, that is when that would be a good time to buy in. So I started running in the new screener uh, that's showing me 52 week highs along with above average or heavy volume and across from a negative to a positive MACD uh, line. Thursday after market is when I first ran it, and I picked up uh, two, two companies, RFP and BW. Uh, I, I, I forget what BW does. RFP is like some paper product Canadian company. <laughs> and of the, those two, RFP is, is, is move, moved up 5.5% on Friday. BW actually moved, ended up moving down like 3 or 4%. So, is that Buffalo? Like, eh, that's not Buffalo it's, Wild Wings, is it? No, 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 <laughs> okay. no, no. Uh, <laughs> Babcock and Wilcox. Yeah, yeah, that's a mouthful. When I when I ran that screener on Friday, I saw two companies that I'm familiar with pop up: TXG, which was on our our pick'em list for a while, 10x Genomics, and uh, MU, which is a semiconductor company that uh, that was hitting all new highs in in the winter. And, and long-time listeners, uh, if, if you've been on the website in November, on November 11th, I went, I know because I went and looked it up last night, uh, I wrote my first article on, on semiconductor industry sector uh, being hot because so many semiconductor companies were showing up on my 52-week high lists. Mm. To, oh, I wrote it down in the, in the Discord. I actually had the numbers. I'm just going to give you the rough numbers. It was trading at 380-something in November, and now it's like 680-something. Yeah. So the ETF SOXL was trading in, in 380 something. And that's the one that I, I said was, was one of my favorites in that article. Yeah. So anyway, uh, like way back when, when I was looking at semiconductors, I, I'd been seeing MU. And, and so as to see them hitting a new 52 week high and they just had a MACD cross, uh, made me, made me feel like, okay, I'm going to move out of my NASDAQ TQQQ long terms and I'm going to put it in this MU and see what happens. And, and if I time it right, I'll grow it in MU and then move it back into NASDAQ on a dip. Um, and that's my stock trades. I'm looking at <laughs> February 11th. I got MU pulled up here. Just taking a look at them. Uh, looks like a lot of the semiconductor industries are trading higher because there's a big global shortage in chips. Yep. Which we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With Ford having to shut down some of their plants because of it. Yeah. And, and it is my theory that if you can't sell enough chips to the market, your business is doing pretty good. <laughs> well, usually that means prices are going to start going up. That whole supply and demand thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Profit will go up. So I'm feeling pretty good uh, about uh, uh, moving into MU on Friday. And I'm feeling good about uh, RFP. And because uh, Friday I did move out of BW before they dropped that far. I was like, oh, these guys, this, this isn't working. They're, they're staying down for the day. So I, yeah, I shifted all that money over into RFP. So I'm watching three stocks based on New highs and MACD signals, uh, RFP, TXG, and MU. All right. Well, I have a few stocks that are on my radar for next week. Uh, the three main ones are going to be PLTR, Palantir, QS, QuantumScape, and Sabre, S-A-B-R. All these have uh, earnings coming up, and I'll, I'll hit those when we just go through the, the highlights uh, here in a minute. But I think all three of those have got potential to make some kind of play with them as far as uh, the, the earnings coming out. QuantumScape, I've been, if you remember that one back in December, it like spiked up to like 135 for like no reason, <laughs> and then just dropped oh, right yeah. back down. Oh, yeah. Seems like it finally found its support sometime, somewhere around like, uh, you know, the mid 40s. And then uh, just recently, uh, mm -hmm. somebody came through. Morgan Stanley, I think it was, rated them as uh, overweight. Uh, they initiated coverage and then gave them a $70 price target. Oh, yeah. Combining that with their earnings coming up on Tuesday, you know, I'm looking at them to, to see if maybe they're going to pop once those come out. Palantir has just been another favorite uh, as far as the Reddit community goes. It's been kind of depressed a little bit, so maybe some positive earnings will, will bring the, the shine back to it. And 
Saber is, it's really interesting one to me. Uh, it's really tied to the airline business. Uh, I was talking with uh, Sue a little bit about it. She used to be a flight attendant, so she kind of gave me a little bit of the mm-hmm. insight to mm-hmm. it. It's a legacy software, and the airlines can't change it without like shutting everything down for a long period of time. And if they haven't done that yet, then you know this software is going to be there to stay. It's been losing money like really badly, but it still keeps, uh, I mean, last time it, it, it had a negative surprise, but it still jumped. Yeah. I'm watching that one. I think after the earnings are finished with that, I might uh, take up a stake in it and see if, you know, the prospects of recovery start driving that stock higher again. There's another stock that's on my radar yeah. too, and that's uh, a TRIP, uh, T-R-I-P, TripAdvisor. I cannot figure out why this stock is trading at its 52-week high. It's got earnings coming out on the 18th. Who in the hell is using TripAdvisor right now? <laughs> well, I have some insight into that. Yeah. Because I work at a hotel. Everybody is so fatigued from staying at home and quarantining mm-hmm. that they're just, they just said, fuck it, and they're all traveling again. Okay. The hotel I'm working at was, we were seeing like 30 to 40% capacity, which is not where you want to be at a hotel that, that wants to be solvent to making money. And this past two weeks... I've seen it go from 30 to 40% up to 60 to 90%. Like last night, we almost sold out. Huh, okay. People are still using it. Yeah, I, I, and I think it's quarantine fatigue. I think it's quarantine fatigue, and I think people are all traveling again because, like I said, they're just like, we've made it this long, fuck it. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's go through the earnings here real quick, then we'll wrap this segment up. So on the 16th, uh, as I already mentioned, we got Palantir, PLTR, PLTR uh, QS, Westwater Resources, WWR, and then Saber, S-A-B-R. On the 17th, we've got TXG, the one you mentioned earlier, uh, Fastly, F-S-L-Y, uh, T-S-E-M, M-X, and Ruder. T-S-E-M was another semiconductor one. I don't remember what M-X was. Uh, Magnachip Semiconductor. So there's a couple of semiconductor mm. uh, earnings statements coming out. Ruger I threw in there just because uh, there's a huge ammo shortage going on. Yeah. Uh, typically when the ammo shortages were going on, then the gun companies are obviously doing well because people are stocking up expecting, uh, in this scenario, and I think they're expecting some legislation from the Democrat controlled house. Oh, I was going to go darker and say they're expecting civil war, but yeah, look, continue. Uh, maybe that too. <laughs> um, on the 18th, we've got Hormel and TripAdvisor and that pretty much wraps up the ones that kind of piqued my interest. Now, now correct me if I'm wrong, but in there, you said TXG, yep, TXG. is about to report earnings. Yep, on the 17th. What, when, what, the 17th? Okay, well, I know I'm going to buy more of them. Uh, seems like they, they, it has to be a really good earnings, though, when those stocks are trading at their all-time highs in order for it to pop. That's one oh, that you need to be watching. Oh, I'm going to sell it before earnings. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm going to sell it before earnings. You know me. I, I just like to ride that anticipation. I don't want to make the actual bet. I don't trust the market to respond. It's it's not binary. It's not great earnings goes up, bad earnings go down. No, as we saw with Sabre, Sabre had terrible earnings and still went up. Right, right. Yeah, like I don't, I'm not rolling those dice, but I'll definitely roll the dice that people get excited before the call yep. and they move into a position. Yeah. All right, should we move into some options? I think we're about there. First, I would like to take a moment. Two Bulls in a China Shop is brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She's got over 20 years of experience and has helped thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. She's licensed in 25 states and growing. So reach on out to her, see what she can do for you if you're in the market for a new home or you want to refinance the one you got. Sue is your lady. Best way to reach her, just give her a call, 520-977-7904. Or you can hit her up in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. That phone number again is 520-977-7904. And that email is spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number of 206048. Reach out, see what Sue could do for you. She'll take care of all your mortgage needs. We also uh, have to talk about uh, Passive.com for losing that bet to the wonderful Nick McCollum. Kyle, you want to tell us a little bit about Passive? Passive is a a way for you to turn your brokerage account into a modern portfolio management tool. You can use it to build your own personalized index, invest, and rebalance with the click of a button and seamlessly manage multiple accounts. Automated tool for playing and balancing your portfolio. 
you, you tell it what you want and it'll take care of uh, all the math and set up all the trades for you. And all you got to click is, yeah, I want to make that trade. Yeah, I want to make that trade. They are integrated with TD Ameritrade. Uh, and that's our broker of choice. And then they're also real big in Canada. All right. I think that, Kyle, that brings us up to talking about some options. It does. You got to know when to hold them. Know when to sold them. Know when to walk away. Those calls are done. You never count your money. When you're holding on the contracts, there'll be time enough for counting when the options exercise. Gotta know when to sold them. You wanna go first and talk about your uh, experiences this week? Uh, oh, God. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I did a lot in options. The, the first thing I did is I started the week, I bought calls in, in Budweiser, uh, sorry, Anheuser-Busch, Bud, B-U-D, and Main Capital, M-A-I-N. And uh, uh, both went down and I sold them the next day. I bought, uh, I bought my Bud calls uh, at 135, sold them the next day at 104 for 23% loss because it, it hit you know, I gave, I gave myself 20, 25% stop loss. That was my plan that, that I'd laid out. Um, and then I got jittery and Maine was down. Uh, they dipped below 20%. Uh, percent. Like, yeah, I, bought, I had bought the Monday at 40 cents a contract and uh, they dipped down below 30 and then dipped back up, it popped back up and, and I got panicky and I sold them at 33 cents for a 17.5% loss. Now, uh, Budweiser ended the week I bought those for 135, sold at 104. They ended the week at 65 cents. So that was good because yeah. I got out of 23% and they're currently at down 52%. Maine, I shouldn't have panicked because they ended the week up. They're currently at 65 cents a share. Uh, or, sorry, a, a contract. And I bought it, had bought them for 40 and ended up selling them at 33. So I was right to move out of Bud. I was wrong to move out of Maine. And the, the, to me, the big difference looking at it on paper was I didn't follow my thing. Like they, they by m moving up, I, you know, I didn't trust it. I didn't wait. I didn't give it the time to keep moving back up. Right. I did see some big successes. I bought some MJ calls, $25 strike. I bought them for, for $2.50, ended up selling them for $5.10, you know. Nice. Gotta love those yeah. over 100% fucking profits. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I, I moved into $30 strike price, uh, at, bought, bought the coupons at $2.90, sold them at $4.80 for a 66% gain. And then I fucked up. <laughs> that one thing I did right was I took a chunk of those gains and I moved them out of MJ into other options. Okay. Okay. So I did that right. Yeah. But the options I picked were wrong. Uh, but I also moved back into MJ. Uh, I bought some more $30 calls. They were, they, they've been dropping. And I was like, okay, they're about to turn around. I wasn't fully educated on what was happening with Tilray. Or I, I, I really don't think I would have made this choice. Uh, I bought some $30 calls at uh, $4.75. And I still have them. Oh, no. And they're currently at $1.70. Oh, so, so I'm holding on a 65% loss on my, my barrel of MJ money that I'm using to try and get rich off marijuana in 2020 is, is really <laughs> not looking good now. I, those are March expiration. So I'm, I'm not expecting those to... to you know, I don't expect MJ to get to $35 by March anymore. Uh, I got that gold rush fever and really made, made a bad, well, bad call. Yeah, now that. you're stuck holding, hoping for at least uh, enough of a rebound to, to salvage some of it. Right, exactly. I, I want to try and get that to a 40% loss. <laughs> how, sad, how sad is that? Like, that's, that's, that's where I'm at. I'm, uh, I'm hopeful to limit my losses to 40%. When I moved that money out of MJ, I, I bought some uh, Sprouts farmer's market they've got earnings coming up on the 25th i bought some 22 dollar 50 cent strike price while when they were at 23 mm -hmm. i bought those for for dollar 80 the stock has moved down they're at like 22 now so those are only worth a dollar seven that is a 41 percent loss uh i didn't sell at 20 percent because i i was so sad and demoralized uh i i thought if I just hold it, maybe it is my timing. I'll just keep holding it, and it just keeps dropping. <laughs> when, when's the expiration on those? Uh, also March. Okay. March 19th or 18th, 18th or 19th, whatever that Friday is. And then I, I, I have, I moved back into Target calls 
I bought them at, uh, again, March, middle of March, expiration. All of these middle of March, by the way. I bought them at $5.35 a contract. They're currently at four seventy-five, but it seems that Target's finished its dip and gone back to moving up because mm-hmm. uh, it was it was down twenty percent at one point. Yeah, I was I was keeping a close eye on Target. Yeah, uh, but but it looks like it's it's turned around. Uh, I'm actually feeling really good about those calls, even though they're they're currently down twelve percent. So I'm hoping Sprouts next week moves turns around. Though I'm not not hopeful <laughs> because looking looking at. Looking at their chart and 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 their momentum, I I don't think is it's likely, right? Um, and and the same thing with MJ. I don't I don't I actually think we're gonna we're gonna see a slow slow bleed from marijuana stocks, and that ETF is gonna is gonna drop a bit before it goes back up. I actually, though I made a lot of money during the week, I ended the week slightly down two percent. Yeah, still not it's not terrible. Could have been a lot worse. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. I did make a lot of money. So, uh, and then I lost a lot of money. So (laughs) (laughs) that's the game, right? That's the game. Uh, Did you make any options calls? Okay. So you remember last week I was talking about signing up for uh, level two options on TD Ameritrade? Yes. I did. I I got to use the fact that uh, I have professional level knowledge. (laughs) That's the way I ended up getting them, which I think is technically true. So I don't feel too bad about putting that on the form. Technically correct, the best kind of correct. I got approved on uh, I think Tuesday, so I made my first move. Uh, I think it was it was right in the like the day before, like the whole MJ craziness started, or it might have been right when I was just beginning. Okay, so I signed up for it on Monday. I got approved on Tuesday. I can't remember if I made this trade on Tuesday or Wednesday. Must have been Tuesday, like towards the end of the day. So I was looking at the uh, the three nineteen twenty nine dollar MJ calls. I, I purchased a lot of those, and I sold an equal number of three nineteen thirty five dollar calls. And the, mm, okay, by doing that, I was able to get the premium down. I think what'd you pay for your thirty dollar calls? The first time I bought them, they were two dollars ninety cents. The second time I bought them, they were four dollars seventy five cents. The second time, okay, so that that, that four or something is about close to what the price was. I mean, it was around the it was somewhere between those two. It was around like three something. But by uh, by selling these other calls, I was able to get that premium down to about one seventy, I think. So I sold uh, okay. I sold those three nineteen thirty fives at a dollar seventy three, and then bought the twenty nines at I think for a net price of I think it was about one seventy one seventy five. Okay, here's the problem with that now. So when everything was going crazy on Wednesday, I was kind of stuck. I couldn't sell my calls, even though they were from, you know, like the three something that they were originally valued at up to almost eight at one point. If I was to yeah. sell those yeah. and just try to take the profits there, I would have been stuck buying back the 35s, which also went up quite a bit. So my spread never really changed a whole lot. I think I maybe could have made about 500 bucks when all was said and done if I would have bought the 35s back and sold the 29s that was kind of disappointing uh to see that that was the case so i'm kind of stuck holding these now unless i can figure out another way to hedge myself again i finally had the thought Mm. uh yesterday when i was putting all my lists together i could have bought some 40 dollar calls uh just to to further hedge and turn it from a bull spread bull spread call i think you call that into a bull uh a bull spread put uh no wait i don't think that term is quite right bear spread i don't know these terms bear spread call yeah so because i have the like i basically have the 29 calls and i sold the 35s that's a bull spread Mm -hmm. bull spread call i'm bullish on the stock i i cap my gains at six dollars a share minus my premium because if it goes up any Mm -hmm. higher than that basically i'll be optioned off on the 35 dollar calls but i'll just sell my 29 calls at the 35 Yes, yes. I could have just basically flipped that hedge around, bought some further out-of-the-money calls, and turned it into a scenario where I'm hedging against a higher price, but hoping to make the money on the premium. That's about the only thing I really could have done in order to try to profit on the upcoming collapse that we all knew was going to happen. So when you sell a contract, like when you're the one writing the contract, there's a big difference. Yes. We're going to have a big options episode coming up here. We'll get into all the nitty gritty for you folks. But there's a difference. When you're the one writing the coupon, you're creating it. Uh, it, it, it correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle, but you, you have to, like somebody bought that from you, so you have to ha- hold it until either you purchase one to swap it out or it expires, correct? Pretty much, yeah. Um, I mean, I get, oh, wow. I get the okay. cash for the premium up front. So when I sold those $35 okay, yeah. calls at $175, you know, I got a credit to my account for writing those options but now i have to have some kind of way to hedge myself 
because the risk on mm. that is unlimited unless I actually right, own right. the shares that I can then basically sell my share. That was one thing I was actually looking at as a strategy now that I can write these contracts. That is something that you can do, which is a covered call. Uh, like say I've got 100 shares of Salesforce trading at 240. I mean, I could sell weeklies and then just be happy if you know the price jumps up and I get to collect that price for my stock. But then I can also collect you know the right. premium of selling that contract. Like I'd sell out a $250 contract that expires at the end of the week, collect, you know, the dollar 50 cent premium on it. And then if I actually get to sell my shares at 250, you know, I should be happy with that anyway, because then you know, it's $10 a share drum. Right, right. You, yeah, it's win-win. Uh, that's a good, that's a good. The setup. only thing that sucks is if it jumps up way past that and now you're stuck with selling your stock at uh, you know, much undervalued. This is a good strategy. It looks like if uh, the markets are trading sideways or down just mm -hmm. another way to kind of collect a few i mean it doesn't look like it's going to be much as far as you know the premiums that you can collect selling but right because somebody has to buy them it's another strategy i can look at that to try to just generate some extra income uh, from some of these shares that i'm holding and since we're talking about different option strategies than we normally discuss which is like i'm going to buy some calls and hope they go up i promised on the discord uh i would to talk with sean and uh I promised I, I would mention uh, an options move that Warren Buffett likes to use. Okay. Uh, I thought I'd share it with all of you. Warren Buffett likes to sell puts on a stock he wants to buy shares of. Right. So when you're writing a put contract, you're, you're saying... I will buy this. Yes. I, I will buy 100 shares of this stock at this price, right? Yep. So Warren Buffett, when he wants to move into something long, he wants to make a long position... He'll start with selling a bunch of puts on that position. If the stock price goes down, in his opinion, I'm long on it anyway, and I was going to buy it today and not care where the price goes. Right. So if the price goes down and he's paying more than the value of the stock, he's, he's picking a strike price that he's comfortable paying anyway. And he gets the premium from those options, and he puts that towards the purchase of the company. And again, and then because they're puts, if the price goes up, he just gets the premium. He just gets the premium and it becomes a discount for the shares that he was long on. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, it's a it's a it can be a really great way to to move into a long position. If you've got the capital uh, and you've got uh, options level two unlocked, you can sell those puts ahead of time as a way to move into the position that uh, it, it, it's it, it's win win. Uh, like like Kyle's scenario there uh, with with buying a call and, and writing a call um, in, in in that uh, uh, you still get what you want and there's a good chance that you got it cheaper than you would have. Yeah, no, that's good. Because you yeah. collected those premiums. Yeah, I'll definitely be taking a closer look at that. Yeah, I like it. Uh, apparently, Warren Buffett's a smart guy. <laughs> yeah, right, who would have known? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Warren. Who would have fucking thought? <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you, Warren. All right, we, All right. Do we have any options alerts yeah, to go over? Let's go ahead and wrap up with that. Uh, keeping with the theme of semiconductors, uh, TSM, one of my personal favorites. Uh, July sixteenth, mm -hmm. hundred and forty dollars calls at fifteen dollars a contract, one point six million dollar bet. Ooh, so that's one to follow. That one's trading pretty close to to that strike right now. I may actually look at doing another spread on that. Uh, that that stock's just got. Uh, I don't know, a lot of momentum going for it, a lot of things going for it, especially with Intel now starting to source some of the products from them. Semiconductors remains a hot industry to this day. To, sorry, hot sector. All right. Industry sector. Let's see. Next one, Sorrento Therapeutics, S-R-N-E, uh, $618, $10 calls at six point eight a contract, $752,000. Um, that one sticks out to me because I saw a thing come out, um, God, I don't know how long it was. A month or two ago, saying that the implied volatility of the $20 calls was some of the highest on the market. And uh, they claim that that's Whoa. a signal that the stock is in it. You know, people are expecting a big move in it. Uh, that was back when the stock was trading at $10 a share. It's since climbed back up to around 15 So maybe there's something to those. Oh, wow. So those uh, alerts, I might start paying a little closer attention to them now. What was the next one? Sava, S-A-V-A. This is a one twenty. At 2023, $30 call. These are trading uh, $33 a contract. Someone put down $891,000. Uh, wow. SWKS, uh, 219 So next week, $150 call. 
at $35 a contract, $875,000. And one of your favorites, Farfetch, April 16, $40 call at $29.35 a contract, $1.4 million. Wow. Wow. And and $40 strike price. They're, they're up around 70, aren't they? Sorry, 69.51. So I think people might be looking at some of these lower ones there just uh they might be seeing something with the premiums that that must be you know, setting off a trigger like, you know, you're getting a better value on it or something. So I don't know why you would buy something yeah. so deep in the money like that. Yeah. Uh it's cuz cuz when when I've done my research looking into it, the deeper in the money the less it goes up, like the lower the delta. Well, it's it's more reflective of the current share price. The closer it gets, or the deeper in the money it gets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, at that point, I guess maybe you're just buying shares at a discount. Then that's all you're really doing. <laughs> what's that sound, Dan? What's that? So what's that sound? Oh, what it? What is that sound? You actually, you actually got got me with it that time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta say, my good was all the money I made on MJ options. I'm guessing your bad's gonna be the uh, same. <laughs> gonna be what you lost uh, on MJ options. <laughs> well, you know, it's one of the two. My good's the the only only made the one trade because um, I was st- still finding myself. Uh, my perspective is kind of fucked up still with the, the craziness of the last mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of that, you know, short, the, the two weeks GameStop, of uh, AMC. Yeah. Two weeks of that. Uh, and then just still trying to come to grips with the losses and then trying to, to flip my perspective to get it right to, to being happy with five to 10% gains again. Yeah. Yeah. Cause five, 10% good gains. I was able to test some ideas on paper to see if I was still making smart moves or not. And the good, for me, is that yes, I am still making some good savvy moves. Makes me yes. that much more confident. And to me, confidence is everything in this game. You need to have faith in what you're doing, and not second guessing yourself. We play different games, my friend. So, what was your bad? Uh, my bad was actually moving out of those main calls early because I had a plan, ah. I had good reasons, and uh, I didn't follow the plan. And I moved out of it early, and I would have seen, uh, I would have ended the week up. If I'd held those. If I would have just stuck with the plan. If I just stuck with the plan. Uh, so, so, th- so that's definitely my bad. Uh, uh, in, in a way, it's good because it reaffirms that, uh, no, no, Dan, your, your plan, there's a reason you put those numbers together. There's a reason you made a plan that way. So it's bad because I didn't stick with it, uh, but it does make me feel better about my plan. <laughs> uh, my bad is that I'm still carrying a margin balance right now, and I've Freaking hate oh, that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I won't do it. I won't do it. I'm a, I'm a cash trader. Should be a little more honest, too, with myself. Uh, part of the reason why I'm not making so many moves right now is that I just have everything tied up and I don't want to sell anything. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are yeah. worse positions to be in. Yeah, I'm a, well, I'm a cash trader, man. I, I don't do the margins. The only time I do margin is when I make a deposit. If I make a deposit, uh, I, yeah, I want to spend it that day. So yeah. I don't actually consider that to be the same as margin in in terms of like hey we'll let you spend this much money on stocks even though you only have this much cash in your account it's like whoa 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 slow down broker to be fair my margin balance right now is like probably 0.01 percent of my total account (laughs) value so it's not a lot but still annoying i look at it like a credit card man i don't want to buy stocks on a credit card i know right (laughs) sorry what was your ugly uh definitely my mj losses at the end of the week oh, so it was is. it was good at the beginning <laughs> of the week and be- ugly at the end of the week yeah um uh and and really i i i mean i got caught with my pants down even though i knew it was coming i i mean wednesday night i had it, i had messaged you and was like i'm gonna move out of my fucking calls and i'm gonna put i'm gonna buy puts when i think the thing's about to pop and i thought i would be doing that at the end of trading on Thursday. I did not know the mm-hmm. pop was going to happen in pre-market Thursday. Yep. And that just, oh, man, that's ugly. Because I knew, <laughs> I, I knew what to do. I had an eye. I had a fuck. Again, I had a plan. Oh, I was going to follow that plan. And, and if I'd managed to do it, uh, if things had held on for just a few hours, 
I, I'd be, I'd be really pretty. <laughs> oh yeah. But I'm not, I'm i I'm not, it's ugly. What was your ugly? Eh, sometimes it's, sometimes it's good to have your ego slapped back down into place. Ah, speaking of which, that's my ugly is Virgin Galactic give me false hope on Thursday. <laughs> Those oh. assholes. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it looks so good too. It was, it was oh, really. It was doing, it was going right to plan. Man, if they would have had that successful test flight, I was watching for 70 yep. instead. Now, right back below where we started. Gotta buy more now. Gotta buy more. Yeah, I do. I need to get some money in my account. <laughs> free something up. <laughs> right. What do you sell, though? I've got, ah. Uh, Pawn something. I don't want to sell anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. Yeah. I'm holding some options that I'm like, I, uh, I want to put this money somewhere else. No, I can't realize that loss. I gotta wait for a better loss. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Oh. Let's wrap this thing All up. Right. Is it time for a bet? Yes. I think it's time for a bet. Stocks are in the center of a universe. That's for every one of us. Consequence for one of us. All right. Well, I'm getting used to listening to you go first, my friend. Well, I thought I was going to be holding on to space. I still kind of want to, but man, I really want to pick QuantumScape. Yeah? I really want to pick QuantumScape. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm going to go with QuantumScape. This this uh this month is already out for me, so I might as well at least try to beat the random stock. <laughs> well, I I'm gonna do something that I learned from watching you. Oh no, my pick is 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 space SPCE. You bastard! <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> oh, you're such a dick. Oh, I know. And the oh. best thing is, is, is I'm actually confident that the that by the end of next week they'll have turned around. Oh, you watch. I you am watch. too. Uh, you God damn it. I just don't want to. I just don't want to be holding it for three weeks in a row. It just feels lame. <laughs> oh, oh. So you know, oh, if it if it goes down, I actually still have some room to try and win. So I I You've was got gonna plenty pick of room. <laughs> I was gonna pick MU listeners. If if I wasn't being petty, I, MU was my bet pick because because it's where my money is. It's it, it, you know I'm seeing good things. But, for, you know, for the sake of the show, I'm, I'm, yeah, Virgin Galactic, final answer. You're in my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I learned it from listening to you. I, 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 yes. I, I didn't come up with that out of nothing. Whew. I know. Uh, uh, I guess it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Right. All right, uh, let's the, see what we're going up against. On the plus side, I'm now very excited to get to next week. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. I want to know now. All right, yeah, what's, All our, right. what's our random? What are we going up against? All right, here we go. Uh, oh, that's interesting. What, AMCX? AMC Network CIA? Is that a real one? Yeah, it's uh, American Entertainment Company in New York. Operates cable channels, AMC, American Movie Classics, IFC, WeTV, BBC America, Sundance TV. Oh, a lot of short interest on them, too. Fuck. Uh, you might want to take your bet seriously. This one's got a lot of momentum. Yeah? Well, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to... <laughs> I'm going to have to load up my charts on Ameritrade here real quick. Uh, I, know, I know I had a good Friday. It 5%. had a good January. Let's see, they just filed a 13G from LSV Asset Management. Shows a new 8% stake in the company. They just announced a partnership with Shaftbury. Well, I mean, I'm not changing my bet pick because a, a, a random stock came up. I might actually buy some of this company. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I think I might. Well, it does look like their MACD is turning and it's about to signal. So I do agree we could be we could be in for it. We're, we're still a ways from that divergence, but the momentum has shifted the other way. Like it's no longer dropping out. Uh, looking at the on-balance volume. Yeah, we've got some Average good peaks. Average of 1.5. Institutional Oof. ownership over 140%. Okay, yeah. Only yep. Hey, this is, yeah, this one might be scary. All right. Well, there you go, folks. There's a random stock you might like. <laughs> <laughs> Better than anything we picked, it looks like. 
Well, we'll see. Well, we'll say, stay tuned. We'll find <laughs> out in the next adventures in the China Shop. Whew. All right. Oh my God. All right. Done. I think I think that about wraps it up, folks. If you like our show, please let us know by rating and subscribing on your platform of choice. If you like our show and hate social media, then just tell your friends. And if you have no friends and hate social media, and you want to just give us money to pay for advertising to help you find more friends, we can do that too. You can donate. Uh, at our PayPal link in the in this episode description. And uh, remember, it's a big shop. There's room for everybody. Let everybody know. Uh, come come on and join us. Uh, the more the merrier. And we, we just love that you're here. Kyle? Woo! Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I thought we were done. <laughs> yeah, we, you're not, you're not going to say goodbye. Our, our listeners, they, they depend on it. They hang on your every word. I uh, know. All right. Bye, folks. <laughs> 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 oh, happy trades, folks. Happy trades. <laughs> Have a good one. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades. Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.